afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to today's Meet the Artist interview, presented by the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. I'd also like to welcome our online listeners who are accessing this program through our website, sfballet.org. Today is Sunday, March 22nd, 2015, and we are in the War Memorial Opera House before a matinee performance of Don Quixote. Uh, our, my name is Jennifer Kovakovich, and our guest today is ballet master and principal character dancer Anita Pachotti. Hello, everyone. Thank you. Nice to be here. So, Anita joined the company in 1968, um, and. <laughs> uh, Let's see, and in uh, 1987, uh, you were appointed principal character dancer. Um, and as well, you had started uh, as a rehearsal assistant in 1982 and became ballet master in 1991. So you have a lot to tell us uh, about the company and as well as this performance today. Uh, so for those who are not familiar with the role of a ballet master, would you tell us um, in general what that role is and also specifically uh, what you did for Don Quixote. The ballet master is responsible to get the work to the stage in its proper form. That's really the, sh the short definition. That, that means sometimes teaching the steps, uh, always viewing rehearsal and identifying what is, what is correct and what is incorrect and letting the dancers know what you saw. Uh, correcting everything from the musicality or what we call the spacing, like where people are situated on the stage so it's balanced or... Uh, it, it's realizing the vision of the choreographer in, in short. So it uh, involves scheduling the rehearsals for all that you think is needed for the piece you're working on, which we do with our genius scheduling coordinator, Alan Villarreal. Uh, so that's actually behind the scenes is a lot more of it than I actually ever talk about, but I realize a lot happens, not even in the studio. It's the planning that we have to do to make it all come together in a very restricted amount of time. Uh, balancing rehearsal schedule, which dancer gets to go, is going to go where, can you do it without this person, but you'll have them tomorrow, and that's almost almost the, most, the biggest challenge is to just make it occur. Uh, there are five of us on the staff, um, three men and two women, plus Helgi, of course, I consider a ballet master too, so we'll get to Don Quixote. Uh, on this production, I, I personally uh, was in charge of a dance called the Segedia, which is the first large group dance with the men holding tambourines and also the one in the third act called the Fandango with uh, eight, uh, eight couples in uh, women in very long Spanish dresses, very, very elegant and beautiful. And in the second act, the gypsy camp scene, as well as coordinating the, the young children in the production and extras. And you'd be amazed at how, how difficult all that is. Just uh, the small things that all, every role has to be fulfilled and someone has to make sure that you've coordinated it so that you, you don't have a, a missing body, you know, a costume on the hanger. Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's interesting. There's a lot of um, crowd scenes uh, happening in Don Quixote and where there are many people on the stage and you, there's, you have to make it look lively and real, but also not you know, pull, from, pull the focus or you know, how, how much is that really directed? And, and, um... it's, it's very directed. Uh, um, that is really Helgi I, I, and Yuri Posikov, who is the co-really creator of this work. Um, have have collaborated on that, and you don't know exactly how it, what it needs, the final touches until you're here in the opera house where you have the full set. People can go up on different levels. You you can be more specific about how you direct people. Sometimes it's general, like don't at this point don't all be in a line. We want you to look natural. Don't be too glued up against the scenery. Mill about. Uh, you know, sell your wares, talk to each other, and then if it, if the focus, as you said, is important that it's on a certain thing, maybe it's it's for the principal dancers what they're doing, or it could be a comic bit that you don't want people to miss. Then it's time to tell the crowd this is not a good time to be very active, so that the eye naturally goes to the most active spot on the stage. That's that's really the art of it, I think, is to pull focus where it's supposed to go. Um, so in addition to acting as ballet master in the production, you also have uh, a character role. Uh, tell us about that. Well, I have, I've done many character roles and I enjoy it very much. This one is, is a kind of a minimal um, role. She's important to be there. Uh, Kitri's mother is, uh, is who I am. Um, but she, she really doesn't have a lot of, of stage business. She, she just is there as the innkeeper's wife, really. And he's the one that has the, the juicy role because he is the one who wants his daughter to marry the wealthy Gamache. And uh, th that's really what the story all turns around. And the, the mother is more of just supportive of the two, the two young people being in love. She doesn't care that he doesn't have money. <laughs> so you don't create this elaborate backstory for Kitri's mother <laughs> to motivate yourself? <laughs> uh, to be honest, no. <laughs> Um, so now you mentioned different casts, and, and how does that interplay change when you're up on stage with a different Kitri, different nights? Or? Uh, well, I think it's wonderful for the entire company to see all the different casts perform. Uh, it's like it, if, if you have real interaction, you need to practice with the people you're going to be on stage with. For example, Vanessa Zahorian today has practiced with her, her, her Lorenzo, who's going today, who's Lorenzo today? Val, Val Canaparoli, because they have a lot of business and a lot of timing that they have to agree upon. Otherwise a, if, if it, otherwise a surprise can occur, just a simple thing like someone will turn away when you didn't expect it, you know, and you're left in awkward, you call it egg on your face. Um, Things like that can happen. So you want, to, you want to take all the bugs out by rehearsing with the people you will be on stage with. But on the other side of it, being just being part of it on the stage, whether you have business with a character or not, but just watching the whole thing evolve as a member of the group is, I think, a very special um, place to be, you know. I mean, even a, a super who plays the priest in the third act is just eyes beaming to be that proximate to, to this, because you really get a sense of how people 
are feeling when they're on the stage. And in Don Q, it's particularly wonderful because the principals are surrounded by a lot of friends uh, all the time, and they interact with the people. They, they look everyone in the eye. They sometimes make little faces or wink or, you know, things that make them, I think, more comfortable and make everyone have a richer and more genuine experience, which I think translates really well to an audience. It's very special about Don Quixote. Uh, for those of us who joined late, um, our guest today is Anita Pachotti, ballet master and principal character dancer. And I'd like also to mention that she will be appearing in the ballet shop on the mezzanine level on the south side of the, of the building. She'll be signing the ballet's lookbook, which is also available for sale if you would like to purchase that. Um, so, Anita, there are actually a lot of character roles in Don Quixote, more than, than I can think of in many pr productions. Yeah, I know, that's true, and they're all very important, and um, they contribute so much to the success of this piece. Uh, today you're going to be seeing uh, the first performance of Don Quixote by Gaetano Amico, which is really wonderful. He's a young man, and he's going to be portraying the old, the old man, Don Quixote, so that's a challenge for him, but I think he's lo really looking forward to it, and so am I. Just, uh, Jim Sofranco, James Sofranco, is going to be Sancho Panza. He's a veteran in the role. Um, another premiere today is uh, Thomas Biesca will be dancing the role of Gamache, who is the foppish suitor of Kitri for the first time. So that's always fun to see people try these new character roles, comedic roles. Uh, for the first time. So you, those of you who are attending today will see that. So how do you spot um, a talent or affinity for character work or acting work in a dancer? Um, personally, for me, it usually starts in the Nutcracker, of all things, because, because of the party scene, <laughs> which I rehearse every year. So I, And I see everybody come up through the ranks and you can just see that someone enjoys being a person, that they have their own creative ideas, that they, they do more than what they're told to do. They invent things. It reads, uh, they're interested in it, and uh, you just find out as you see people uh, in those more minor, or even a, even a crowd scene in Don Quixote with no, nothing at all special to do. If your eye is drawn to someone because they are uh, interesting, they're participating, and it reads, then you're, you're likely to draw on them for a, uh, one of these more special parts. So when you're in a character role, how do you prepare? Do you have a coach? Does someone, is someone the ballet master for your part? Yeah, a, a serious character role is always a, a choreography. People sometimes don't realize that. They think we just make it all up, but um, the, the choreographer really designs that. You know, if, say, you're uh, Carabas in Sleeping Beauty, it's, it's completely Helgi's choreography. Where you go, how long it takes, what, what the musical cues are. And then you go from there with it and you build what you feel, you know, and what you think works. And, you, you know, you're not told every single thing by any means. A lot is left up to, to you. But, but it is not an invention of, of the person in that costume. Not... not it's choreography just like a dance. Um, there are 
are a lot of different styles um, in this ballet. Well, you mentioned some of the sort of uh, the ballets that the dances that you're responsible for, some of the um, like the Spanish folk inspired or gypsy uh, dances, and then there's also the very classical parts of the ballet. Excuse me, of the ballet. So how um, how were responsibilities divided up between the ballet masters, and you know, did you have to kind of study those styles at all, or was it just following the choreography? Uh, I think it's both. Right. Yuri Posikov was very instrumental in, in the, the style of the Segedia, for example, because it's, it is the version that he knew and grew up with in the Bolshoi production, which is uh, quite old and very traditional. So I, if I have a question and Yuri's not here, I have a very old videotape of the Bolshoi. And so I can refer to that and see how they, how they did some of these things. And then I can use that if I need a little bit more clarification or I can ask Yuri, do you really want it to be that way or you want it a little bit more this way? Um, same with the Fandango, that, that one is Yuri's, Yuri set that, we call it setting. He created it or not, not choreographed it but recreated it from what he knew from his, his Bolshoi days. And then there are other parts that were created uh, a new, new by Helgi. There's a part of in the second act, which doesn't exist in any other production of Don Quixote, um, a beautiful romantic duet for the principals. And it, he, it starts with a, him playing a guitar, and part of the part of is the two of them dancing with the guitar. It's quite, it's a very beautiful piece of music that wasn't even in the score. Uh, Helgi also created the gypsy scene himself, and there, uh, the, the mime scenes are pretty much a collaboration between Helgi and Yuri, but they are again derivative of what, what occurred in the Bolshoi version. Um, another fun element of this ballet, there are so many, um, but those notorious scene stealers, the animals and children. Um, when, when do those, not, not to lump them together, but when do the animals and children get brought into the mix and who's responsible for them? Uh, we just decide uh, uh, on the calendar when it's the most practical because uh, there's a lot you need to do staging the piece before you could really fit the animals in. You have to place the people first. It would be a waste of time for the horses to, uh, and the donkey to come until we're, we're already situated ourselves. So it's, it's about the third stage rehearsal and maybe we'll, we'll have a, a run through in the afternoon and another one in the evening. And we decided that the afternoon would be sufficient. So they probably attended four or five times. <laughs> Uh, that was enough. One, the donkey is Johnny Appleseed, and he's been with our, this production since we did it for the very first time. And I've heard that when he hears the music, he knows, and he tries to go. <laughs> His trainer has to restrain him because he knows. I think that's so cute. Yeah, and she even says he knows when he gets here to the opera house, he, he, gets, he knows, he remembers. <laughs> Uh, the horse is new. He's, he's, uh, this is his first go at it. I did, wanna, I did forget one thing that we were talking about before. As far as the principal dancers go in any full-length ballet, usually they are assigned their own coach. So they work with the same person preparing their part because uh, 
as spontaneous as they are to are um, free to be once they get to the performance. There's an, a tremendous amount of preparation that goes before that because you don't almost you don't realize how difficult technically this ballet is. It's very showy, and of course they're doing remarkable feats and tricks, and but it's it's sort of tossed off like it's just fun. And it takes a lot of preparation in order to get that look, that it's spontaneous and almost improvisational sometimes. So those people work very, very, very hard with, with usually one person. Could be Helgi. Helgi um, attends every part of the ballet at some point. If, if say, I, I teach the Gypsy Queen, but he will come in soon. He'll come to every part and oversee it. So I didn't want to leave that part out <laughs> in the rehearsal process. And then we have the animals, and they're a big part. They, they were applauded last night on their entrance. <laughs> and the children as well, are they all students of San Francisco Ballet School? Yes, always, yeah. And we work together on that with uh, teachers in the school, with Patrick, the director of the school. Sometimes I oversee it so that I, I make sure it's organized and we have the names and we have a, a Abigail who makes sure that they all have their work permits and just sends numerous emails back and forth to the parents to make sure they can get out of school when they need to, that they know exactly what time they're going to be coming and exactly what performances they'll be d doing. And any variation, someone's got to take the SAT, can't yeah. be there. It's very, it's all complicated. It's all a huge puzzle. Mm -hmm. Well, before I open it up to questions from the audience, um, I just wanted to ask, you mentioned this ballet uh, was first staged uh, by uh, Helgi Thomason and Yuri Posikov together based on the um, Marius Petipa Alexander Gorsky version at the Bolshoi. Um, this was back in 2002. And um, since then, what did that mean for, as an addition to the repertory for the company? And you know, now it's sort of a perennial favorite. We've taken it on tour. What's the significance of this ballet for this company? Um, I think for me, I've probably already sort of answered that because it's the it's the difference of of the the experience that's happening on stage really is happening on stage that's what i feel is a little bit different it's not principals rehearse on their own and then they come and the crowd isn't necessarily as much a part of it as as in this ballet and it also the fact that the, the each of the characters is so important. The role of Gamache is so important to furthering the story. The father, even the innkeeper, Sancho Panza, he's, he's just a star. There are many stars in Don Quixote, and I think that's, it's not the only ballet that's like that. I feel the same way about Romeo and Juliet, but this one being so much fun and have so much dancing for so many people, Many roles, Mercedes, the two friends. There's, there's challenging the Toreadors, challenging dancing for many, many people, and it, it makes for a group experience. That's what I think it sets it apart. Great. Well, we have time for a few questions. Does anyone have anything they'd like to ask Anita? Um, has the ballet changed, or how has it changed uh, since it was staged in 2002? 
The ballet itself is basically the same. It's just a lot of different people taking on different assignments. But the big change came in 2012 when we mounted an entirely new production, which you'll see today. So be, this is by Marty, the uh, late, I'm sorry to say, Marty Pakladinis did the sets and costumes. And it is a completely uh, new vision and re, uh, stunning, stunning scenically and colors and uh, be beautiful, beautiful costumes, everything. Before that, we were renting uh, a version that came from Europe and it was certainly sufficed very well, but it was, uh, it's actually was very expensive to take it, to, to ship it back and forth. I mean, we did many times do, do this and so finally it seemed more, almost more practical in a way to just have our own productions. So that's the biggest change and the most exciting change that we have our own, very own, beautiful production. Um, you've been with the company while it developed into this internationally recognized ballet company. What were the significant moments or events that made that development possible? What were the significant moments or developments in the company that brought it to its uh, state of international renown? Well, certainly that begins with Helgi becoming the director. The, and I think what I remember being the most significant is that his international uh, status to start with, him not being an American was actually a big influence on the company. He was so connected around the world and in Europe and to have brought the choreographers he did in so soon, William Forsyth, James Gudelka, David Bintley, um, Agnes de Mills Rodeo, I mean, the pieces that we had never done before, they go on and on and on, and has continued to do throughout all these years, it's constantly going around the globe and finding new talent and new dancers as well, and dancers from totally international pooling of people, which didn't happen before. It was more of a, a pretty much, not, not entirely American, but much more, and now the, he's just finding the best dancers from everywhere he can. So that combined with the works he's brought, I think. And, and, the, and then again, on, uh, in addition to that, it was his effort to bring the company on tour. So many challenging but remarkable visits we've made into such important cities, Paris and London and, uh, you know, n not small, <laughs> really triumphant things that we do. New York, Washington, D.C., uh, for year after year, something major. So that, I think, is what the answer to that. <laughs> and the programming for those tours was ambitious as well, not just the destinations, but what, what they present. Yeah, to have done 18 ballets in a, in a span of 18 days in Paris last summer was a testament to that. Or even what we do here. Nobody, nobody, anywhere does what we do. The, uh, the amount of pieces we present in the amount of time our season lasts from February to May it's, it's unique. <laughs> oh, not today. Katita Waldo will do the, the role of, I don't even have a name. I, <laughs> you should In give her one. <laughs> Katita Waldo today. What are your top three favorite character roles? Oh, well, I think... Um, 
Carabas probably bounced out a while ago because that that was probably that was my one of my very favorites. Um, it's very challenging and and physical. From Sleeping Beauty. It's right? From Sleeping Beauty. Evil Witch. Always always like that. <laughs> <laughs> and probably the other one would be the nurse in Romeo and Juliet, which we do at the end of this year. That was also created on me, so that was a very special one. Um, of course, years ago, uh, Lady Capulet was a, a big highlight for me, but that was, actually, that was more of a, it was part of the ballet. It was a dancing role as well, so I don't really consider it a character role, but actually, the, they all are wonderful. You get, and partly because when you're in that, that those shoes as a, a character actor, you don't have the same pressure as when you had to try to do all those difficult feats. So you get to enjoy the experience of just being on stage, looking at the audience, looking at the other people, participating in a very more, much more relaxed way. And it, it's a pleasure, I have to say. It's, a, um, it's just a fun side of what I do here at the ballet. I'll take one more question. I saw a hand, I think it was, yeah. Orchestra castanets, yeah. But some some girls hold them and are doing some of it. But the real is coming from the pit. That would be a big challenge to learn that on top of the the dancing part. Well, thank you again, Anita Pachotti, ballet master and principal character dancer. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for coming. Enjoy the performance. She'll be upstairs in the mezzanine signing lookbooks. And if you enjoyed this afternoon's talk, please do visit our website, sfballet.org, for more interviews, videos, and other wonderful content. Thank you. <laughs>